Hello, and you're very welcome to another edition of The Others, the Alan Kinsler podcast, where I look at small parties, groups and independents that have contested elections in Ireland over the years. This week, it's the turn of James Clark, who ran as an old IRA candidate in the 1944 general election in Lucia Offaly. I'll give a background to the old IRA, who they were, what their aims and objectives were, as well as coverage of Clark's campaign itself and what he was after. Thanks to everybody who subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't done so, please do. And if you'd like to leave reviews, share any episodes you like on social media and so on. Thanks especially to those who've subscribed to the Patreon to support both the website and the podcast. It's patreon.com forward slash electionlit. If you want to contact me, I'm an electionlit on Twitter, Irish Political Ephemera on Facebook, irishelectionliterature.com is the website, and irishelectionliterature at gmail.com is my email. Thanks. The Old IRA, or National Association of Old Irish Republican Army, was established in 1934, in February 34, by a chap called Tom Crofts, Florence O'Donoghue, Liam D.C., M. Donerkin and others. Membership was open principally to those who served in the Irish Volunteers, Irish Republican Army and Fianna Eireann from 1914 to 1924 and their supporters and amounted to over 4,800 people by 1936. Despite obviously, you know, people being on both sides of the Civil War, both pro-treaty and anti-treaty, uh, people having fought in the War of Independence, the membership of the old IRA was primarily anti-treaty, so or people who had been anti-treaty supporters, and thus, uh, by its very nature, both the membership and the organisation itself had close links with Fianna Fáil. Now, that didn't mean all members were in Fianna Fáil, and indeed there were some in Cumann Gael and other parties. You know, obviously, there were, as I'm going to, they, they took independent views on things. The aims and objectives of the organisation included working for the achievement and recognition of the Irish Republic, defending the rights of those who suffered and their dependents because of the national service, to encourage the Irish language, Irish games and pastimes, and the purchase of Irish goods, and to promote the collection of a permanent record of military and political operations between 1914 and 1924. It was consisted of units which were based on IRA battalion areas in 1922, and each area then sent a delegate to, the, to a county committee and a standing committee was elected. There was also a federation of old IRA associations. Um, you know, we all know the, the Military Pensions Bureau, 
and the, that wonderful archive. And the military pensions were a very big issue for the organisation. There would have also been practical people on the ground in, with regard to commemorations, both physical, you know, in getting monuments uh, erected to various, uh, you know, various uh, happenings during the War of Independence, as well as physical celebrations, like, for instance, um, annual Easter parades and so on. And of course, it called itself the old IRA to uh, separate itself from the IRA, which was a prescribed organisation at that stage as well. The group also produced a newspaper um, called Shan Ogluck, the official organ of the National Association of Old Irish Republican Army. And its headquarters was on uh, Pier Street, 196 and Pier Street. Just an example for... I'll, I'll, post, uh, I'll post this with the, uh, the, the podcast, um, this edition. Now, this 1937 edition, um, 26th of June, 1937 edition of Shannon Ogluck, has, for instance, a letter to the president. The following communication was addressed to the president of the Executive Council on June the 1st. Up to the time of going to press, the president has not signified his intention of acceding to the request for the reception of a deputation. To Mr. Eamon de Valera, Esquire TD, President of the Executive Council, Government Buildings, Dublin. Akara, we are directed by our executive to advert to the matters affecting the economic position of the old IRA, which a deputation from this body put before you on the 13th of September 1936. We are to remind you that you express the deepest concern that those of our members who are in receipt of unemployment assistance and who are also in receipt of military service pension suffered by having their pension award assessed as means and in the majority of cases even over-assessed and deducted from the amount which would normally have received as unemployment assistance and furthermore that their pensions being regarded as means automatically debarred them from being considered for any employment under relief schemes financed by the government. We are also to point out that a deputation subsequently waited on Mr Aiken and submitted a number of amendments to the Military Service Pensions Act 1934 which in their opinion would go some way to remove the national disgrace of old IRA men being condemned to live in semi-starvation and seeing their families wasting away. Nothing has since been done to prevent the families of comrades of yourself, Mr. Aikens, and other members of the government and following, from following that of Paddy Flanagan, your, of your old battalion to relieve, whose distress you yourself have doubtless contributed. We therefore ask you to give your personal consideration to the suggestions regarding preference for unemployed old IRA, which have already been submitted, and to some further suggestions which in the opinion of our executive would expedite the treatment of military service pensions and are, desire, are desirable from a national standpoint. We are to request 
that you will be good enough to receive a deputation from our executive on Monday the 7th, or at whatever hour would be most convenient for you. For and on, and on behalf of the National Association of the Old IRA. And there's another piece in that, actually, about this 1937 election. Now, Clark didn't stand for later, but within another week, Hobson, Hobson's choice, within another week, the election will be decided and Stairstadt Aaron will have a new Doyle and a new constitution. There is little choice in the matter for the honest elector, for what alternative has he or she to the Fianna Fáil party and the draft constitution? True, there is the Labour Party and the numerous independent Republicans who are being hurriedly put forward in a number of constituencies, who, but who cannot be returned in, significant, in sufficient strength to form any kind of co a cohesive government. So it is indubitable that Fianna Fáil will continue to govern. That it should do so hardly, one of us would question a year ago. This week on the eve of a general election finds our members divided in their support of the candidates going forward, and with instruction from their executive to exercise freely their choice in voting for the least objectionable from a national and social standpoint. Thus, it is that numbers of old IRA are supporting Fianna Fáil, while others of our organisation are giving their preference to independent Republican and Labour candidates. There is no use in denying the fact that many are doing so without any great enthusiasm and that there is a feeling of apathy and inertia amongst the general electorate. Rightly or wrongly, the feeling is abroad that candidates in the public arena are playing a political game, a game that is played with men's lives in time of civil war and carried on unmindful of uncared for thousands in time of peace. The feeling will continue as long as we suffer under national economic disabilities which can only removed, be removed by the determined action of national leaders or it will find its historical outlet by preemptorily removing from power those who let down the aspirations of the people. Agitation and unrest will continue, and rightly so, until such time as some kind of decent living is found for the mass of our people and an end put to a state of affairs that is compelling our youth to emigrate at the appalling figure of almost a thousand a week. So you can see there's no great enthusiasm for the Fianna Fáil government there either. There was also a feeling that having done their bit in the War of Independence, aside from the pensions and so on, that these men and it was mostly men should be given some kind of preferences in life preferences for employment and things things like that for instance you would find reports of old ira meetings and for instance that the division of local estates by the land commission given to public officials shopkeepers and large farmers but no, none of the old IRA people uh, were looked after, even if they were evicted tenants. Um, another resolution I read of was to have the old IRA men employed at the coming elections as presiding officers and poll clerks, and to see they got preference in all works subsidised by the state or local bodies. So you, you see there that the... You know, they're looking for, you know, basically to be looked after. And this didn't seem to be the case. 
And although they weren't political, uh, for instance, in nineteen in this 1937 election, in some parts of the country, there were calls for a boycott of the election by old IRA members because of the way the government um, had treated, treated them with regard to the military pensions, which I mentioned earlier um, in the letter to De Valere that they had sent. So they weren't, while they were an independent organisation, they weren't, certainly weren't above politics. Now, in 1944, we read about the candidates for Leash Offley. A convention of the old IRA association held in the Foresters Hall on Sunday provisionally selected Mr. T. Fleming Leash as their candidate. And a convention of old IRA at Mount Melick selected James Clark Tullamore to contest the election in their interests in the constituency of Leash Offaly. As it happens, Mr. Fleming um, did not decided not to run in the election. So Mr. James Clark became the old IRA candidate running in Leash Offaly. Now it's a brief campaign report. Mr. James Clark, old IRA candidate for Leash Offaly, addressed largely attended meetings at Clonashee and Rosenhalls. Mr. T. Brady, an old IRA leader from 1914 to 1923, presided at the Clonaslee meeting and at the Rosenallis, Rose Mr. Costello presided. The speakers included Mr. Seamus Malone and Mr. J. Lloyd, who both outlined the policy of the candidate as that of Tone, Emmett, Mitchell, Rossa, Pierce and Bruja. Tribute was paid to Mr. Clark's record in the IRA from 1914 to 1923 and his subsequent activities in the national interest. His first, his first step in the Doyle, if elected, they pointed out, would be a proposal to admit Northern Ireland representatives to its deliberations. A special appeal was made for the support of the women and youth of the constituency. Mr. James Clark, old IRA candidate, enjoys a splendid national record. Arrested in March 1916 by British forces and court-martialed, and again in 1918, he served a sentence of six months in Belfast prison, taking part in the jail strike there under Austin Stack. In 1920, he served in the number one Offaly Brigade Active Service Unit, and British forces burned down his business premises in November of the same year. In 1921, he was arrested and interned in Ballykinler camp. As a member of Tullibur Urban Council, he voted against the treaty in 1922. At his election headquarters in Tullamore, Mr. Clark has the work of many young volunteers, and it is generally felt that the youthful voters will rather rally considerably to the support on election day and addressed the electors of Leash Offaly from James Clark, old IRA candidate. People of Leash Offaly, in coming before you as the standard bearer of the old IRA, I do so as one true to its aims and ideals. As one who has been for 31 years intimately associated with the national movement, 
as one who was unselfishly determined to cherish the national tradition as epitomised in the immortal words of Porrig Pierce. Ireland not free merely, but Gaelic as well. Not Gaelic merely, but free as well. I have succeeded in reuniting in a common bond of brotherhood the members of the old IRA, those of my true and tried comrades since 1913 who have survived. They have been sundered since 1922 and have been made pawns in the game of politics as played by placemen. In asking for your support in this election, I am not doing so on merely sentimental grounds, and accordingly I place before you what my policy is and what my programme shall be if you return me to the Doyle. I shall immediately raise the partition issue and propose the admittance to the Doyle of the elected rep parliamentary representatives of the six lost counties as provided for in the 32 county constitution of our era. I shall do everything in my power to preserve and foster the national language, literature and games, and every element of national custom which tends to Ireland's welfare and our absolute and distinct nationhood. I shall urge the completion of land purchase and the final abolition of absentee landlordism by legislative enactment to end the ground rent scandal in the towns and villages and make every family secure in the unconditional ownership of the home. I shall advocate educational reform and that includes not only trying to secure the fullest opportunities of educational advancement for every section of the community, but a commensurate return for the teachers. I shall advocate the, that respect for the national flag and the national anthem commence in the schools and to ensure therein a spirit of nationality and lasting respect for the sacred memory of the dead. I shall urge that the proclamation of 1916 be read periodically. I shall endeavour to have amended the Military Service Pension Act so as to do simple justice to those who have been rejected or unfairly treated. I shall likewise work for the abolition of the means test whereby thousands of applicants for the OAP are most unjustly deprived of it. I maintain and have always maintained as one who has had personal experience that there should be some recognition for the patriotic people who sheltered and fed the members of the old IRA and who contributed so generously to the success of the fight for independence. And I shall work towards securing that recognition. These people of Lee Shoffley are briefly but sincerely my principles and aims. And if you think me worthy, I thank you to remember me with an early preference on polling day. A vote for me is a vote for Ireland the undivided Ireland of the true Gael. James Clark, old IRA candidate, Tullamore, May the 20th, 1944. Now, interesting there, he's mentioning the Military Service Pension Act and the means test, something then hit. This is 1944. I think the thing had been in there in 10, 10 years in place and still nothing had been done about it, despite the appeals to Dev from the old IRA um, that I mentioned earlier in 1937. And obviously they had been 
pressurising de Valera for years on the issue and nothing had been done. And this was in part the reason why uh, James Clark was running. So it was with great hopes that Clark and his organisation approached polling day in 1944, in June 1944. However, when the votes were cast, Clark polled 1,378 votes, just 3.07% uh, of the vote. Um, relatively, uh, quite, well, quite disappointing when there was uh, a result. But I suppose, despite, despite everything, voters were probably looking to the future rather than the past. Now, there was other old IRA candidates over the years, but none of them, you know, none of them were kind of official old IRA candidates um, that I know of, um, like Clark. Thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do. If you like the episode, share on social media, etc., etc. Tell your friends about the podcast. Thanks especially to those who subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash electionlit. Thanks.